In 2009, this church graciously allowed your pastors a sabbatical. After nine years of rebuilding and building, after nearly a decade of the relentless work that can steal from a minister Saturdays off and vacation days away, sabbatical came to us as a welcome season of rest and renewal. In 2009, the Lilly Endowment, a charitable extension of the Eli Lilly Corporation, generously supported that sabbatical, providing pulpit supply at Park Road Baptist Church for the summer and the funding for several church-wide programs. The largesse of the Lilly family, a family steeped in the Episcopal tradition, provides generous support for churches and clergy. So that summer, the endowment also funded three pilgrimages for our family. We took a car pilgrimage to Plymouth to see the place where our ancestors, those pilgrims we celebrate every Thanksgiving, to see where they stepped foot first on American soil. We took an outdoor pilgrimage to that gaping ravine in the American West, rafting in and hiking out of what truly might be the grandest canyon on earth. But the pinnacle of our travel that summer was the pilgrimage we made a pie, which means on foot, along the last 111 and a half kilometers of the, of the venerated Way of St. James. The path of El Camino de Santiago was carved over a thousand years ago and has been trampled and trodden by countless thousands of pilgrims, peregrinos. Some travel that way in search of a plenary indulgence from the Roman Catholic Church. This offer of the cleansing of sins was first made by Pope Calixtus II in the year 1122. Especially in more recent times, the path has been walked by the non-religious, seeking adventure or escape from the pressures of everyday life. Our week-long trek was the highlight of the summer because the walk was challenging and invigorating. The experience connected us with those untold thousand pilgrims whose footsteps we followed to the cathedral. The opportunity brought our family together in a way we had not known. But what may have made our time in Spanish Galicia mo most memorable was the inescapably communal aspect of that walk. As the four of us walked, we walked within the great procession of pilgrims, literally from around the world. No one walks El Camino de Santiago, the way of St. James. No one walks Camino alone. There are just too many other travelers, and as you pass, that common greeting, Buen Camino, good journey. That greeting unites all souls. It levels every disparity. It erases any difference. It joins all spirits who have plotted and plotted along this thousand-year procession to the cathedral in Santiago de Compostela, which is near the northwestern coast of Spain. For our seven days of walking, 12 to 17 miles a day, we journeyed with fellow pilgrims from Austria and Australia, South Africa and South America, Japan and Jakarta. But specific to our travel were three companions, 
Andrea is a single woman, a Canadian living and teaching in a university in the Middle Eastern country of Qatar. When she is not teaching, Andrea travels the world and she had sought Camino just as another worthy stamp in her well-stamped passport. Tony and Kate, a delightful couple, about 20 years our senior from the United Kingdom. Camino was a kind of bucket list item for them. Our seven paths were intermingled by the tour company which provided guidance for us along the way. We walked every step together and in those footfalls, we shared more than the mileage, which is what the simple gift of travel can do for all of us. Over the years, we have remained in touch with Andrea and Tony and Kate, and we're hoping for a Scottish reunion in the summer of 2018. The wedding of two Park Rodians will be taking the deans across the pond in July, and we are beginning to hear the call of another pilgrimage. The way of St. Andrews snakes along the very Scottish-sounding Firth of Forth. Doesn't that sound Scottish? The Firth of Forth, which is the fjord just north of Edinburgh. And this 50-mile uh, route takes pilgrims from Edinburgh to the ruins of the old Scottish cathedral overlooking the North Sea. Joey and Liza are calling us to Scotland next summer. We hope to reunite, with old, to reunite with old friends there and maybe walk a few more miles together. Travel has always called us the human creature. Joining with other brothers and sisters in the animal kingdom, we have wandered, migrated, roamed in search of better climes and better food and better protection from our enemies and we have traveled just to see what's out there on the other side of the mountain at the end of the desert across the wild endless ocean and travel has always been a kind of spiritual event has always had a kind of spiritual quality whether for quest or conquest the thrill and adventure of travel have always appealed to our searching nature. I would not be the first to suggest that our innate hunger to travel, to go beyond, to search and to see, is at heart a physical manifestation of a spiritual yearning. The quest is for God. In the immortal words of St. Augustine, Thou hast made us for thyself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it finds its rest in thee. So we travel. And so the Bible is filled with stories of travel. <clears throat> the whole story of faith is envisioned in the call of old Abram. God said to Abram, Go! Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. That journey without a destination has been the synopsis and subject of the call of faith ever since. And there is that liberation from bondage in Egypt, the great journey over the Red Sea, 
through the Red Sea. There's the wandering in the wilderness, 40 years of testing and trial by travel. There's Jonah's determination to run from God, a journey that teaches us it simply cannot be done. No matter where you go, God says, in effect, there I am. There's the long road from Jerusalem to Jericho, the good Samaritans we encounter along the way. There's Mary's and Joseph's journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem and the quest of those old, aptly named wise men following one star to find another surprising light. And there is their way home, as Scripture tells us, not so cryptically, by another way. They went home by another way. Their journey had changed them. It always does. The final call of Christian faith might be portrayed in Jesus' final journey to Jerusalem. The Gospel of Luke says he set his face like flint to Jerusalem, which is a literary foreshadowing. Jesus knew what awaited in the city of Zion. He knew what loomed on that hill in Jerusalem. It's the journey that is the challenge to all who dare to be called by his name. If any want to be my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their own crosses daily and follow me. The journey is inherent in that challenge, follow me. Jesus doesn't say, just trust me, believe me, accept me. He doesn't say, worship me, revere me, honor me. Jesus doesn't say, bless me, bow down to me, lift me up. No, there is a journey to Jesus' call. He says, follow me. Walk with me. Travel with me. Get on the road with me, the road to the cross. Christian faith is a journey of dying to self, of sacrificing our lives for the good of something better, of giving what we cannot keep to gain what we cannot lose. This season, we are celebrating some of the simple gifts of this good life we live. Light, food, music. I hope you've taken an opportunity in these weeks of Advent to enjoy those simple gifts, maybe in a special way. In our text for today, Mary reminds us of how significant travel can be. Now, she may have gone to see Elizabeth alone. The text doesn't mention traveling companions, but Mary traveled because she did not want to be alone. She needed the company of someone else who was traveling her same path. She needed to talk, one expectant mother, to another. In our work as ministers, we are often reminded of the destructive power of silence, of the demoralizing influence of isolation, of the downfall of trying to walk 
alone. When people tell their stories, finally tell their stories, share their experiences, when they finally are willing to open up to one another and let their troubles and trials become communal, it is amazing to see what happens. Someone else says, I know just what you mean. And someone else says, yeah, I've been through that too. When we share our lives, really open up to the vulnerability of honesty, what we learn is that we are not traveling the road alone. It's like those voices along the way, Buen Camino. Those voices that mingle with the thousands and thousands of others who have been there, done that. Mary and Elizabeth, Mary needed Elizabeth. Elizabeth needed Mary. They were not traveling alone. They needed each other. And we do too. I cannot be your pastor without your voice. No sermon is ever finished until you have responded in some way. I can't be your pastor without your voice. I need your quiet support, and I want your thoughtful disagreement. Some of you are quick to give. I need your unique perspective. I want your way of life to intersect with mine. I want your life and mine to go beyond pulpit and pews. I hope you need and want the same from me and from each other. When Amy and I call Park Road Baptist, as we so commonly do, a community of faith, she's already said it once this morning, did you hear? When we call this place a community of faith or a family of faith, we actually mean that. We think that's what church is supposed to be. We live in an interesting and wonderful and challenging and frightening time. We are reminded constantly of our differences, of our distances. We hear it daily. We read it in the paper, we see it on TV, it's all over our social media. We are reminded of our differences and our distances. And while we are more and more connected by our devices, we are also more and more disconnected from actual human contact. In this interesting and wonderful and challenging and frightening time of difference and distance, and disconnect, what we most need is community. We need to walk together. We are not alone. Our lives are intertwined with the lives of a great procession of pilgrims. If you are traveling this week, literally traveling for Christmas, let me encourage you to find a way to make more of that travel. Be intentional. Be alert. Go out of the way. Go the interesting way. And as your literal travel connects you to the common experiences of those you meet along the way, 
I hope you will think of the church. And when you come here again, come home by a different way. Changed by where you have been, prepared to be changed by where you are. May it be so.